Hello, and welcome to Be Intentional, the podcast that talks about marketing, mindset, and what it takes to be an impactful entrepreneur. Hello, today we have Mauricio Santos with us today, and he is a course creator. He is someone who has gone through it, gone through all the steps to build his business, make it what he wants it, and he realized that even though he had made it, had done well, he felt like he could make a bigger impact by helping people create courses instead of just consuming them. He has a great story, and I love his work ethic. Being able to talk to him a little bit, we have found out that there is a lot of things that we agree on and that we believe are the same thing, so I felt like it was important to have him on the show to talk about, one, what is the best course to be going out there and doing, Second is if you are a business owner, the benefits of starting a course, some tips on getting started, as well as some things to look out for. And so I'm excited about this because I have always played about coming out with a course and then coming out with a membership. And after taking polls and talking to my audience, you know, I've been able to, to dial down more of what I feel like we're supposed to do. But this is some great insight because one of the things that he mentions here, I hadn't even considered. And so it kind of took me back to the drawing board. So if I got something out of this, I know that you guys will get something out of this. And so I am so happy to have Mauricio with us today. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hey, Josh, how are you doing, man? I'm so glad to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. So course creation. I mean, you have an amazing story and you have so many things that you've done. And I know that our audience is just dying to listen to what's going on. So if you want to tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up getting into course creation and then getting into coaching course creators, I would love to hear it. Yeah, definitely, man. So uh, well, where to begin? I mean, I've been working with uh, many different brands throughout my career in digital marketing. So I worked. I started off in just web and graphic design way back in the day, slicing images to make websites. And from there, I you know I kept progressing to design bigger and better things from websites and newsletters to um, to platforms. Uh, over the course of that, you know, my career, I've worked with incredible brands from Danone, BMW, BMO, Scotiabank, uh, Kettle and Fire, Emmy Eats, Boba Guys. Even last week, I did some work with them. And that was that was absolutely great because these are huge companies. You get to learn a lot from them. And throughout that journey, I kind of lucked into the opportunity to work with the course creator by the name of Kehi from Red Reads. And when I did, we started off with a small little engagement. And after that, I, I just loved working with him. And we were able to take his uh, course launches from five to six figures um, within a matter of a few months. And for him, that was a transformational impact on his business. And that energy that I got from him and the impact that I was able to make was really what made me shift my focus into focusing on course creators. Wow, that is awesome. I mean, to be able to work with such big brands and then take what you learn and move it into that's, I mean, I know a lot of people who the dream is to work with big companies like B&W and such. And, and for you, that was just kind of a starting off point. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might so, it might seem like that, but it, it did take me a while to get there, right? Like I had to, oof, I, I, I mean, I sliced a lot of images. I made a lot of websites, wrote a lot of newsletters, you know, did a lot of copy editing because I've been in SEO, web analytics and 
email marketing, email marketing, content marketing, a whole bunch of stuff until I was able to get more opportunities and more exposure to bigger brands and bigger projects. So there's that. I love that. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I know there's a lot of people here that are just starting out. And so kind of putting in your dues and doing that work. I know a lot of times when we when we tell our stories and when you when people hear them, they can sound like these amazing things, but not too many people will talk about those, <laughs> what it took to get to that point. So you said you did a, a lot of editing, a lot of stuff before that. Did you do that? Just jumped into it full time? Were you juggling a job while doing that while you got to your point? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think there were two main transformations for me, like two big pivots, you know, in my career. And the first one happened also just kind of by chance. This was in 2000. I was living in Vienna at the time. And I was really curious about graphic design. I remember working on a school project where I had to design like a cover for a report. And I wanted it to look like something from Time magazine. And I was always curious, like, how do these people make those images? And basically what I ended up doing is download a hacked version of Photoshop onto my computer. I looked at different images and I tried to copy them. And I just watched videos or read books or got magazines and just experimented with Photoshop forever. And that experiment, it took me like weeks to make this image that I wanted to. But that ended up landing me a job at an agency. Um, this Through my network, I ended up someone my mom knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody and they sat with me for a cup of coffee i showed them some some images that i made they're like cool oh you can start tomorrow for you know whatever 200 shillings it was at the time so that was like a key thing i kind of just learned on my own and just really out of luck uh got that opportunity and from there i went on to actually i worked with dan on through that agency that was a really cool job and then the second time this kind of happened was um also, through my network, uh, actually, no, I was working at an agency, working, you know, 80 hours a week. And at this time, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I was, you know, I wanted to spend as much time as I could with her. And so I, I did my best to just find a client, find some kind of work that I could do outside the agency. So it's like a side hustle type of approach. And I signed on this client to make them a website. As soon as they paid their first invoice, I was, I wrote my letter. I'm like, I'm out. And I gave my two weeks notice, started working on that. And then everything I did from then on was take as much as, you know, from my money as possible and invest it into courses and learn and learn and learn and learn. And so I, I remember buying this bundle, which gave me access to like SEO, web analytics, uh, email marketing and content marketing all in one. And I went through all of the programs like over the course of like a few months and that really, really accelerated my growth. Wow. Wow. So you really put in the time a week to get one image. I mean, that, that takes patience. <laughs> Not a yeah. lot of people have that kind of patience, uh, especially now. Right. I mean, we have Canva and stuff, so we kind of want to get it done in like 30 seconds and move on to the next one. And Canva is yeah, an awesome I, uh, product. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, we, man, we literally are an agency that like a done for you service have a done for you marketing business and we use canva you know along with other stuff but i mean it's just something you have to throw in the mix it's too good not to use for what it is it is it is and they always keep coming up with fresh stuff too so it keeps it makes it so easy to to get you know beautiful graphics made i heard on uh on i think it's like guy rod's podcast of you know the interview with the founder of it and she's amazing and i I'm one of those people bet on the jockey, not on the horse. So I, I think she's going to be doing amazing things. 
mm-hmm. especially with where she's been able to take this without having any type of that <laughs> of that knowledge. Getting back to your story, having done it, having gone through the courses, being on both sides, right, creating your own courses as well as going through courses, it gives you a lot of knowledge on what's on what's going on. So what what made you do make that transfer and that jump from taking the courses, building your own courses, and then helping others with their courses? What did you see or what lack or gap in the market were you really uh, attracted to that you realized, hey, I need to help these guys? So the real the real reason why I made this shift was it, it comes back to this two two things really. When I work with Kehi from Red Reads, the energy that I got from him, this relationship that we had, and the transformation that I was able to make with him, th- those two things for me were were like eye opening, because you know working with great brands is awesome. But when you sit in on a weekly report or bi-weekly or monthly or quarterly re- reporting session with, the, with bigger brands, you'll present your reports. They'll look at them. be like, cool, the numbers went up and to the right. That's great. Let's do it again. <laughs> and you're really making these small incremental, tiny little changes and small impact. And you're part of a, you know, a larger team of consultants and contractors, which is awesome and great because you learn a lot. It, it's just that your impact there is tiny comparative to what you can do with a, with a smaller brand. And so when I, when I was able to make that transformation, we're able to just work one-on-one so many times and, and, and generate our own ideas on how we're going to grow that stuff. It's it just so much fun. And it, it really was just out of that. Like I, I really just love it. And I, I felt that I was able to be helpful to him. And I knew it was like, if I can help him, I can certainly help tons of other course creators. And so that's, that's what I've been doing for the past year now. Wow. I love it. And so any tips for anyone who's just starting and like, you know, thinking about launching a course, some things that they should be looking out for or some pieces of advice that they should make sure that they do? Oh, yes, for sure. I think if you're just getting started, I I think there's two places that people usually start from when they say it's just getting started. One is they had no idea for a course and they want to come up with an idea. And then two is they already have an idea. They have maybe even like an outline for a course and they're ready to, to get started with it. And for both of those people, I would say that you want to be 100% clear on two things, which is one, you want to be clear on who you're serving. And, and, and the who, you need to get more specific than just, oh, it's for, you can't just say it's for everyone, or you can't just say, oh, it's for men, or it's just for women. You want to get as specific as possible, because once you get specific, it brings you to the second thing that you have to uh, get really clear on, which is the transformation. What transformation is your course offering to that person? And so when you're able to identify um, a unique person and solve that unique problem in a unique way, and the unique way is your course, then you have something of real value that you can put out into marketplace and you have a better chance of succeeding. Love it. Any advice on what type of course in the sense of I've seen different ones where they have different things where you can like gamify it and other ones do the drip. And then some of it are like module where you can go at your own pace and skip different ones. Have you seen that any one works better than another one? Yes. So that question works better than the other one. I think you can unpack that a little bit and talk about it from the perspective of the business owner the person that's creating the course. And then the other perspective is from the person taking the course. And ultimately, the more success your customer has, the more success you're going to have, right? 
And so one thing that I've seen work really well in the course world so far in the way that uh, people complete, end up completing more of your course and getting to the end goal and the end result is doing what we call cohort-based courses. And so a cohort-based course, it, the easiest way to explain it is, is simply that you join a group online and you take this course with them. And usually it looks like you, it, lo it lo looks like this. You sign up and you'll join the cohort on every Tuesday and you'll work on materials, you'll learn things. And then throughout the week, you might get coaching to, you know, move yourself th through the program. That's usually what a cohort-based course looks like. And to give you a number to contrast this with uh, an evergreen course, um, one number that I've seen is that people that buy an evergreen course and take an evergreen course, only about 10 to 15% of them will complete that course. Whereas 80 plus percent of people that buy an, a CBC, a cohort-based course, will finish that course. So in terms of going back to the, the question, which one is more effective than the other? I believe that the cohort-based course model today is the best model that you could use for really creating impact in the life of your of your course taker, your, your student or your, your patron, however you want to call it. I love it. That's awesome. I did not know that. So that actually is a great insight. Um, I also want to touch on the benefits of a course. Let's say, you know, many of the people here, they, they have businesses, they already have established businesses. And I know a few of them, like, I have a friend who I know is listening to this, who is doing car detailing. And he, he launched out last year and started selling some products. And now he's thinking about doing a course because people are asking him on how, you know, how to be able to get the finishes that he gets. And so, I want to talk about some of the benefits and some of the things you should be looking out for or some of the drawbacks to developing a course. Mm. So that's a really good, where he's starting from, and, and actually if you're a service provider, uh, like a local service provider, creating a course can be a real no-brainer because you already work with a specific avatar, which we've spoken with, and you solve a specific problem for them. The, the, de the third detail that we spoke about is the unique way. And you're solving it in a unique way already, but you're solving it by trading your time for money, right? You're, you're solving that problem, whether it's detailing by having the person come into your store, dropping off the car, and then you do the detailing, then you give the car back. Or if it's a chiropractor or um, someone that I know that does concussion management, they, you know, they have the patients come in, they do the concussion management, then they go home. But what you can do is take the frameworks that you use, the processes that you use, and the knowledge that you have, package that up, and then teach a different audience, right? So in, in the case of the detailing, maybe it's not the end user that you're going to uh, create the course for. It's actually other shops would take your detailing course so that they could do the detailing at their shops, right? You might think that, oh, this is going to cannibalize my business, right? It's going to create more competition for me. But the internet is a humongous place, right? You could, he could potentially replace his revenue with, you know, courses um, by simply creating a course that offers enough value to other shops that want to learn how to do detailing, how to get customers, how to, you know, uh, build value there and how to make that lucrative for them. So I think that's one key thing to look out for is, are you solving something specific for a specific audience? You could probably transform that into a course. Love it. And uh, I mean, I believe one of the a great benefit to it is also helps give him a little bit more authority in the, 
you know, in the space, right? Because if he's teaching other <laughs> other owners, other businesses, other detailers how to do what he does, obviously he's he'll be good enough to do that. Um, mm -hmm, so right. I, I think that it's just all upside, mostly all upside for, for him. Um, so people who can, who do it just, you know, who are just course creators and then people who are, you know, in businesses one way or another, doing a course is definitely something that you should look at and look into. Um, so let's say that someone has created a course because you know, this inside and out, and I know that looking up online, there's a lot of different debates on whether you should, you know, have the course already done or do the course with people and the best type, you know, coming from marketing, different, different debates on that. What is your take on whether you should do the course and then try to market it or whether you should, you know, kind of bring in founding members or beta testers and then develop it with them so that you can, you know, kind of tailor it. Do you have any intake in that? Yeah, I do. I do have a, an opinion there, and it goes back to the the previous question, which is, um, do you already know how to solve a problem for somebody, right? Do you have if if you don't have that knowledge, then I think you would do this this uh, this type of what we call a seed launch, right? Jeff Walker uh, coined that term as 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 far as I know, and the seed launch right. idea is similar to what you described, where you would come up with a syllabus or a plan or an idea for a course and say, look, over the next X time frame, 30 days, six weeks, or whatever, I'm going to take a handful of people on me, uh, with me on this journey to solve X. Are you in? Are you out? Here's the thing that, that I'm going to cover, and here's what we hope to get. When you do a seed launch like that, it's really interesting because what you think you, you need to solve for people could actually be wrong. And the seed launch allows you to, to test that, right? So it allows you to get these people in, collect payment up front, then build a course week by week with them so that you're not solving something that people don't really care about. I, I heard this uh, conversation just this week with a guy who he's a, he's a, he coaches another course creator and the course that he was coaching was on financial statements. And initially when they planned out the course, they thought you know the course had to be super interactive and it had to be a, a certain way. And when they presented the first lesson, people were like, no, we don't wanna learn like this. We wanna learn almost like a classroom setting. We want to know the exact answer. We want somebody to correct our answers. And then we want to have like a grade. We want it to be like very structured. And so what he did is like, okay, I guess we have to scrap everything that we just did because all the lessons that we planned were so interactive and so like, we wanted people to, to freely share their examples and share their ideas and almost guess at the answers. Whereas nobody was participating. They're like, no, 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 we're not having that. And so my, my opinion, you know, at least what I see is that it's, if you don't have experience creating something with somebody already solving a specific problem, then you should uh, do the seed route. You know, so you should do like a, a cold, uh, a pre-launch to your, to your, your full launch, let's say like a launch an alpha for your course. I love that. That's awesome. And I, I you're right. I think that there's a lot of benefit to it because a lot of times what we do or how we learn isn't exactly how our, target audience or a customer learns or how they take in information. Um, mm -hmm. I see that a lot and not just in course creation, but in, in all of marketing, when people feel like, Oh, I'm going to do this. People are going to love this. We're going to go out and do this and tell people. And uh, that's why we say feedback is actually the one of one of the most important tools when you're marketing, because being able to, to listen to your customer 
and being able to adapt to the things that they actually want and need. Of course, paying customers because everybody has an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and how we can connect with you. Yeah. So, Josh, uh, as I said, I'm uh, I'm coaching course creators. I have conversations every week with the different course creators from people that uh, teach courses on productivity to increasing engagement in your workforce to becoming a better speaker of your found uh, if you're a founder and you want to become a better speaker uh, to launch your next seed or, or, or seed round. Um, and so you can connect with me at nerddigital.com. Um, we have resources there. And actually, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to provide um, you with a with a free resource that people can download, which is a, um, a calculator. So they can estimate how much they could make with their course, whether they have a course already, whether they have an audience or whether they're just kind of thinking about it. Um, I can I can. Uh, um, they can go to nerddigital.com forward slash be intentional and they can download that resource today. Great. And guys, we will have that down in the show notes. So if you just click below this episode, you can it'll take you straight there now. You guys know that I'm a big proponent on making sure that you vet everyone in the sense of there is a big fad right now of people telling you that they can help you grow your business or that they're a life coach or they're all these things who haven't done it before. And it's really important to make sure that whoever you're taking advice from, whoever that you're connecting with, make sure that they're actually in that industry and they've done it before and they're not just giving you advice that they haven't taken themselves. And so... This is definitely someone who practices what he preaches, does what he says he's going to do, and is in the field. And so one of the things that I like to ask a lot of our coaches and consultants is, what are some tips that you have for the audience when they're looking for a coach? Because I believe mentors, coaches, consultants are really important to, to get advice from someone who's done it before you. But because there's a lot of people who just say they are and haven't done it, what is a couple things to look out for and what makes a good coach a good coach? Well, well thank you for that, for that first part. Uh, the second, I think the second part that I would answer there is, um, I think, you know, the easiest way to figure out whether or not somebody is a good coach is one, you can look at their testimonials. You can try to see if they've helped similar people like you solve a similar problem that you have. And uh, you can do a follow-up on that, which is simply reach out to those people that they've served and ask them, hey, what was your relationship like with this person? Um, that's, that's, I think, an, a quick and fast way to, to, to figure out whether or not this person is, is genuine or not. And beyond getting you to the transformation, which is, I mean, that's the very first question you wanna ask, were they able to actually get you the, the result? I think the second thing you want to ask is what was that journey like? Was it, uh, was it fun? Was it enjoyable? Did you feel a part of the journey? Was, were things transparent and, and cordial? Was it I mean, what are the values that, that are, are interesting to you? Did you learn in the process or was it, um, was it hell? Like, yeah, we got through it, but man, I, I would never want to go through it again because the relationship was so bad. The guy was rude or she was rude or he was rude. Things, things that didn't work out. We got to the result, but, man, it just cost me more than I expected type thing, you know? So I think those two, um, those two ideas, ask for testimonials and then ask their testimonials what they thought 
right? Ask their previous clients what they thought. Um, I think that's a very easy way for you to vet who you're going to work with as a coach. I love it. Great answer. And you're, you're exactly right. And I also believe that, you know, sometimes being able to establish that connection or getting a feel for the person, because sometimes guys, I mean, not every personality suits our personality. Not everyone is for us. And just because someone does it a different way doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong, but it may just not mesh with you. Someone may like to joke a lot and you may like to be a little bit more serious. So making sure to go out and have that connection and have those conversations is really, really important. So I believe that's great advice because a lot of times I think we go online and we just kind of, instead of doing the, the research ourselves or putting in the, what I like to call several legs, <laughs> several leg work ourselves, we kind of just dismiss it and just go, okay, well, I'm just going to pick this guy because he's the most convenient or the closest or <laughs> so definitely making sure that, uh, that you're picking the right person is important because it, it can cost you a lot. Yeah, I think I think one last thing that I would add to that is making sure that this person that you're going to work with has a proven framework. So frameworks are usually developed or process. Uh, these are developed usually after going through the the reps a handful of times. You know, when you're first getting started, you have no roadmap at all. You're you're figuring it out on your own. And after going through it a handful of times with several clients and different launches in different industries, it's helped me to create a framework, a nine step framework where I can walk people through almost uh, in a very predictive way to figure out whether or not they're going to be able to create a, a course successfully and launch it. Um, and so I think that's one extra piece that you can add to to the vetting process is make sure that this person has a framework that makes sense to you and um, that they can present to you and walk you through it. I love it. And I, I believe you're exactly right. And it, it's funny that you said you have a nine, uh, nine step framework because that, that's exactly, I have a nine step framework myself with my clients. So those of you guys who have, who have uh, worked with me, you guys know that, um, that that is completely true. Making sure that someone has a framework, some sort of proven track method, because if they've, if they've gone out and paved the road ahead of you, then, um, you know, they should be able to get you to walk that same line. It shouldn't be zigging and zagging everywhere and trying to figure it out all anew again. So great advice. It's been amazing to have you on here. And I, I wish we could be here on day, all day long because I, I enjoy talking with you and you have some great insights. Is there any parting words to our guests? Thank you, Josh. Thank you for having me. I, I think the last bit of, uh, of, of advice for anybody that wants to be intentional in their career, whether you are a local service provider or you're thinking about uh, creating an online course today. I think what I would say is that, you know, creating a course is an interesting idea, but you have to, to make sure that you focus on the fundamental work. A lot of times we may jump straight into the marketing part of it, which we think is, oh, how do I do Facebook ads and how do I set up my landing page and how do I, you know, set up a funnel? That part is important. Don't get me wrong, but doing the fundamental work, getting clear on who you're going to serve, what is that transformation and how is your course, your solution unique in the marketplace? Those three things cannot be overlooked and you should never skip those when you're planning to do a course launch. I love it. Great advice. We, we talk about how messaging is the foundation to everything. If you don't know yourself, <laughs> 
how you come across and you don't know who you're talking to, then it's going to be really, really hard to do anything else. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can market a really bad product, but it's just going to get a lot of people to know that it's a bad product. So make sure you stick to the fundamentals and make sure that you put in the work to get the results that you want. So I love it. Be intentional. Thank you so much for being here with us today. It has been an honor. And guys, like I said, you can find you can find his link in his calculator in the show notes as long as well as with his website and any other contact information. And please, if you're thinking about starting a course this year, going into 2022, or actually when you're hearing this, it's already 2022. If you're thinking about having a course this year, please, please check out his calculator, check out his stuff because you want to be able to follow into the steps of someone who's already done it, who already has a proven track record. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to figure it out when someone else has already done the work for you. So thank you guys for another day and I will see you guys later. Bye. Thank you for spending a little time with me today on Be Intentional Podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear about how you're applying today's message in your marketing, in your personal life, in your business. You can DM me at Josh Olmos SR. That's J-O-S-H-O-L-M-O-S-S-R or LinkedIn, Joshua Olmos or website, josholdmossr.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. And if you feel like you would benefit the listeners and that you want to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your story and what you're doing to be an intentional, impactful entrepreneur.